hope this podcast doesn't go on too long. I'm having an old friend for dinner. Hello everyone, and welcome to the spookiest of episodes. I'm a savvy host, Joe. Oh wait, this show is WTF Anime. Ha! Um, joining <laughs> me is uh, Clarice. I mean, Travis. <laughs> Clarice? Do, do I need to talk about the, the sound the lambs make? Yeah, I'll just drag you for, like, your covering up your southern accent and your change of perfume. Uh, but anyways, yes, we are on to Halloween. It makes me so happy. Um, some people like pumpkin lattes. I like horror movies. So, you yeah. know, everybody celebrates fall their own way. This is mine. Last time we did this, we didn't really do any horror anime. We did a lot of, like, horror-themed, like, looking shows. Right. It, it, it was, like, horror-adjacent. It was the comedy end of the horror spectrum, rather than the horror end of the horror spectrum. Yeah, so this time we're actually gonna tackle some legit horror anime, starting with the Junji Ito Collection, Episode 9. So, some people may have heard of Junji Ito. He's very good at what he does. <laughs> um, I think you've cited, like, I've seen random bits and pieces of, like, really weird, far-out, disturbing manga before, and I was like, mm -hmm. is that him? And you're like, yep, that, that is him. Uh, the guy that did the story about the snail shells, uh, and, <laughs> and, uh, the, the one with the guy, uh, people finding holes in the mountain that are shaped exactly like them. Mm -hmm. Th that that's all that dude um so i feel like he should come with a trigger warning almost because uh, there's a <laughs> lot of shit that he does that's very disturbing but yes is very good so i own a bunch of the collections and there is one story that actually just genuinely makes me violently ill anytime i read it and i watched the episode to see if it had the same effect less so uh but i think maybe we'll talk more about this adaptation, as opposed to the manga, once we actually talk about our two stories. Yeah, um, so I guess from what I've been uh, informed of is that each one of these episodes contains two of the short stories. Uh, today, Collection 9, we had um, Painter and what was it? Uh, <laughs> Blood Bubble Bushes. Blood Bubble Bushes. There we go. My brain, when I read the episodes, because I read Painter first, kept wanting to say brushes. Because <laughs> I didn't know there were going to be two stories when I started. So I was like, like, where? And then we got to the end of the first one. I was like, but where were the brushes with the bubbles in the blood? I didn't see it. <laughs> this is not the first time Travis has been confused by an anime. It probably won't be the last. Uh, hey, I watched the right episode the first Yay! time. So you did it. It's, it's coming up, Travis, baby. Woo! <laughs> so let's get started on our first story, Painter. Oh, hold up. Can we talk about the, the, the intro? Okay, we can do things out of order. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, you know what? You're right. There, there's the teaser. There's the teaser no, no, when no, we start. No, no, no. It's cool. You, you want to talk about the opening. Let's do the opening. Oh, oh see. Now you're getting all high voices. <laughs> no, no, no. Clearly you're offended. So, so the opening is just the music is kind of... I'd call it Psycho Billy-esque, actually. And I think that's why it amped me up so much, because I associate Psycho Billy and all its goth uh, slash punk rock imagery so much with Halloween, because they love to do songs about the spookums of all sorts. It's very, like, visual K, which is a, genre, a Japanese genre of music that is all about goth shit. Yeah, it, I'm... 
you're gonna have to send me some links, man. I I think I might oh, be yeah. into this. Yeah, give me that when we're done here. Um, parts of this just because of the way the opening's animated felt to me like uh they had watched Madoka Magica a little bit because there's like parts that are that are being cut out and like rotated and shit. And that is the only anime I've ever seen that does anything like that. So yeah. I was like that. I mean, maybe. I'm not saying it's a nod to it, but maybe an influencer on them uh, from way back in the day. So a lot of the visuals are stills. Uh, there's a bit of like animation with some of the characters. Uh, like there's a bunch of Ito's most like recognizable characters, including one of the characters we're going to talk about today. For sure, uh, it had a very punk rock aesthetic to me, uh, and a goth. Well, punk rock and goth. Uh, it reminded me of like old concert billings where there's like splashy splashy uh messy style going on but then there's a lot of uh black and red but like intricate which makes me think of lace which makes me think of goth so yeah there we have it uh this was probably what i mean it didn't pump me up or anything but i really visually it appealed to me it's probably visually one of my favorite openings that i've ever encountered Huh. Interesting. It just spoke to me. I like on an honest, like artistic sense. Like hmm. where my art art spirit animal lives, this is that forest. <laughs> yeah. I I mean I was gonna say like, hey, it's a bunch of Junji Ito characters and a bunch of black and red, but I think just his art style and the simplicity of just showing that stuff off in the way it was presented. Actually pretty neat. Again, it definitely it spoke to young, angsty, punk rock Travis. He was like, yeah, yeah, let's go light some dumpsters on fire. And I'm like, no, young, angsty Travis, we can't do that. I'm adult Travis and have children and stuff and we'll get arrested. He's like, fuck that. Fuck the man. <laughs> so tracking back to the actual opening of the show. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've taken you down this path, let us let us go back to the show yeah we're at the art exhibition of mitsuo mori and did you catch what the uh, name of the exhibition was i i have missed it but about that name because i had a hard time recalling it because it's only really brought up in the beginning after that he just gets uh sensei a lot is all they they really call him so he gets called by title and we'll talk about that later but i feel like that's significant uh, the the name of the exhibition is the Ennui of Nana, Ugh. which God is just so art and pretentious. It's great. I love it. It that is oh man, <laughs> I can picture the people that would attend that, and <laughs> I want none of that. Like, can I just look at the images online because I don't want to interact <laughs> with this crowd with art people? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Art is great, but like. The art critic and, and and the people that, like, the first thing they tell you about themselves is they're very into art are usually <laughs> the last people I want to discuss art with. That's fair. Come on. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we get a bunch of shots of people attending, specifically focusing on one woman, who is Ooh. Tomie. Yes, Tomie. She basically says, yeah, you're pretty good at painting, but your model is shit. So I'm going to be that. I'm going to stalk you back to your house and be a model for you. 
Okay, here's one of my favorite things that I always laugh at with horror. The moment that something goes completely wrong or is as it really shouldn't be, no horror character that's the main subject of this story ever reacts like a normal person would. I have so many notes on that in the second story. Yeah! Oh, man! Oh, I got a joke all written down waiting for it to come out. It's very good. But, yeah, um, so, yeah, she, she says he's, she's going to be his model, and then we flash over to him in his studio painting, uh, Nana, uh, which is his current muse, the model that all of these, uh, pictures in the exhibition have been about and he's painting her again and she walks in and like straight up single white females some shit <laughs> tell me i'm wrong she starts making up a story about yeah. how they had this big conversation where he was hardly inspired to paint anymore because he hated his model and like this doesn't even seem like a normal conversation that anybody would have. If an artist is not inspired by that thing anymore, I feel like you just move on. Yeah. You'd be like, it's cool. I'm just going to call a different model. I just won't call that model. It's fine. But no, there's a whole production and it almost feels like a love triangle at that point in, in the story where like his model was super into him and like she's discrediting him by like, you're looking at another woman. It's so weird. It's just like, oh, I'm going to believe this woman who I've never met who broke into your house instead of you who I've worked with for months or an amount of time. Right, and and he's drawn with a look of like genuine shock and a yeah, little yeah. bit of a nerve on his face that this person is in his house. So, like, again, the conceit of horror is that everybody is terribly dumb and takes everything at face value. Mm -hmm. And I get that. I've I've been watching horror movies since I was wee little, and I love them very much, but I know that every character in them is the dumbest person, because <laughs> otherwise these stories do not work. Yeah. So, so Nana leaves, believing this woman, and instead of being like, I'm going to kick you out of my house, I'm going to paint you. You're, you're pretty cute. I think this is one part hubris on his part, because she's all like, I've had a bunch of people try to paint me and immortalize me, and I want to be there forever. But everyone fails. But maybe you're the guy. So she's appealing to his ego. I want my beauty to be permanent, is the line. It's a very good line. It's it's very good when we get to the end. It's yes. very good. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. he paints her, and she's like, wow, it's pretty shit. I'm going to go find someone else. <laughs> right. She's like, I'm sorry, you're a bad artist. Bye. I'm going to break into someone else's house. Which is weird as a career choice to just be the person that breaks into the houses of artists to force <laughs> them to paint you. I didn't even know. Like, my guidance counselor was apparently shit in high school because I didn't even realize that was a career path. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, she'll get results. Maybe. Also really fun to note, when he's painting her, the way he is drawn, like there is dark circles start kind of appearing under his eyes mm -hmm. and they get way more pronounced absolutely um it feels very lovecrafty there mm -hmm. i i love that they visually represent you know him being mentally or emotionally taxed by this experience yeah so so she leaves and he paints her a bunch more times but can't get it right 
and as all artists do, I assume when they struggle, they go and get a drink. Um, I mean, if you look at Pollock, I mean, <laughs> that's that's where he started. He started with struggle and then did art. Or maybe he was just an angry drunk that threw paint. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's in a museum. <laughs> so a friend of his meets him in this bar and starts talking about, uh, he has a name. Basically about like a sculptor, like being the most prolific he's been in forever. He actually says the line like every couple of weeks, which I think for a sculptor seems like rapid fire. Like you couldn't function at that pace, could you? If we have any actual sculptors that listen to us, please (laughs) let us know what the actual process is like. Because I know exactly fuck all about sculpting. (laughs) I think statues are cool. I think sculpture is cool. Tell us if you can sculpt a detailed human-sized statue of someone and then get in touch with us because we will commission you to to get statues of us. That'd be amazing. Can we do the WTF logo as, as statues and then just place it somewhere? This reminds me of another anime that I have to force you to watch along the lines of sculptures. Oh my god, it's gotta be in Washington, D.C. in the cherry blossom, when all the cherry blossoms are spouting. We're just going, are, are blossoming. It's actually about a J-pop band that is sculptures. <laughs> <laughs> it's the weirdest version of the movie Mannequin anyone's ever seen. So he, go- he goes to this guy's house and uh, talks to him for a bit, but he's gone a bit crazy. He looked crazy to start with. He kind of has, like, the unkempt... Yeah, he's got that hermit vibe. Like, when he's not sculpting, he's writing a manifesto. I don't know what it's about, <laughs> but there's a lot of volumes. He he won't let him in because he's quit sculpting forever. Is that when the line comes that uh, Tomie is mine? Is only mine? Yeah. Yeah, there's a weird, weird possessive thing that happens with her. Yeah, she talks about it later. So... Our painter boy forces his way into to his house, and then... Breaking and entering is a big theme in this story. In an example of the animation of this show, he hits him over the head, and you usually expect, like, a kind of crumple, but it's almost like a cartoony, he goes from standing up to being perpendicular with the floor and then just drops. <laughs> it's not great. Yeah, that was... I mean, I really dig this story. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of it, there's a lot of questions. Yep. And I think, I, I think, yeah, you will have many questions when you watch this anime. Uh, <laughs> that's how this works. But that's good horror, too. Because the unknown is terrifying. <laughs> uh, so Junji Ito does that a lot. He doesn't explain shit. He just presents you with this weird story and then, oh, it's over. That's just it. That's That's good horror because... That's that's the real terror. If you know everything you need to know and all the questions are answered, whatever that story is about is less terrifying because we have the answers. Yeah. And he full on decided, no answers. You figure it out. You deal with it. That's good horror writing. So he goes into the back with a bunch of broken sculptures, like mm-hmm. a lot, an insane amount, which... Kind of makes me think, okay, so timeline. 
In Japan, stone is free, first of all. <laughs> just huge slabs of it are are just free. Take one with you. It's fine. We have a bunch. <laughs> so timeline is, Tomie leaves this guy. He then goes on to like a mad binge of painting her mm-hmm. and drinking. And then we have this guy. Like, what is the length of time that let him make that many sculptures? I I feel like Guy might not have been sleeping a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he was just chiseling. Yeah, I can't wait till we get to the end and we can we can pause it and play around with ideas because that that's the most fun part for me. Oh shit, we missed a very important part. Did we now? Uh, wait, what did we what what did we skim over? When the guy shows him the picture in the bar mm-hmm. and the picture of Tommy A, he's like, oh, it's just like really blurry. But we see it as she has like another head growing out of her head with like spider legs. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> now we flash forward again. We have a man bludgeoned on the floor, a pile of. Not just a pile, a room full yep. of destroyed statuary. Uh, <laughs> and him freaking out because he thought that he was about to see an artist achieve this thing that he uh, has been proclaimed as impossible, basically. Like, every artist sucks. They can't get my beauty down correctly. And Tommy A is in the room and... Uh... She Yeah, she says, like, oh, it was awful, like, he wouldn't let me leave, and then he started smashing up statues, but, you know, now you're here. Yeah. So, you want to paint me? Yeah, you want to paint me? Or, well, actually, he professes that, no, I can do it this time. I've got this. Yeah. Basically. Um, While he's painting her the second time, she starts talking about this weird effect on men that she has. Like, they want to own her, like, they want to possess her, and... And they all end up basically trying to kill her. Yes. Is is the line. Isn't that weird? Doesn't she even say, isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the painting is done. Yes. How would you describe... Because I would describe it as, what if um, the Cenobites, like, took up art? I Okay, I could, I could get that. Um, if you want, like, a more, like... Touch point because I know not not everybody watched Hellraiser or or read the book The Hellbound Heart, which by the way, Clive Barker, uh, <laughs> some of his stuff you can he can fuck off on, but The Hellbound Heart is pretty short, sweet to the point, and paints an amazingly awesome picture of what the demons from Hellraiser are. Mm-hmm. But that's not what we're talking about this time. Uh, this time, uh, what I would I would go with the thing. I can see that. When parts are hacked apart and it splits off from itself, that moment when, you know, that head grows spider legs uh, in John Carpenter's The Thing, that kind of freak-out body horror art is what we've got as a portrait. We've got another head essentially breaking out of her neck and coming free. By the way, this whole episode... Not just this story, but this episode seems to be very neck-centric. Is that a thing <laughs> for him? I think it's just like body horror. He is very good at body horror. Yes. Body horror is actually one of the few styles of horror that, while it endlessly fascinates me, is one of those ones that viscerally 
disturbs me. And I yeah. think that's why I can't ever get away from it. I didn't show you a specific episode I mentioned earlier, because it would be a great introduction to Junji Ito. Oh no, this is fucking disgusting. <laughs> this at least is disgusting but tame, in comparison. <laughs> so, again, he is rejected, and just as 30 seconds ago foretold, uh, <laughs> he attempts to murder her. And you hear, you see him come up, and you see his arms come up, and you hear a choking sound. And then we flash cut to gore, violent gore. We see a butcher knife and him hacking um, Tommy's body to pieces. What I love about this and the reveal we get in a second, they show Tommy's face like splattered with blood, but fine. Mm-hmm. And then we cut back to him and then we cut to like her face like split in half. Yes. Almost like it's just like, oh, I'm just doing a very gruesome murder bit. Right, like, my obsess- obsession and rage has led me to further mutilate the body kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then... <laughs> but then, uh, you know how I mentioned John Carpenter's The Thing earlier? <laughs> <laughs> this becomes, again, an important touchstone uh, for any of you that have viewed that that movie, and I'd say that's actually one of my favorites as far as actual cinema horror goes. <laughs> In fact, there's a voiceover from... I can't remember his name again. Mori. There we go. Or Sensei. Both of them refer to him as teacher. The models don't appear to be learning anything, but he gets the title teacher. I don't know if that's a Japanese thing that I'm not yeah, familiar with. I'm probably going to sound dumb, but Sensei is like teacher... It's also, like, attributed to doctor, artist. I think it's, like, a superiority thing. Well, yeah, I know that every at, uh, address in Japan also comes with rank, essentially. Like, a respectful way of acknowledging someone that is not necessarily on your level or above your level. That's that's all in there. Yeah. Because I know there's, like, a ton of suffixes that you can attach to a person's name that's essentially a title or station of rank. But I'll be damned if I know what they are necessarily. I know I know kun. I know sensei. <laughs> I know senpai. That that's that's pretty much what I got. Learning Japanese here on the show. Learning Japanese, yeah. So we pan out and we see like a bunch of severed arms, just chunks of body growing out, smaller heads of Tommy Eight. And the voiceover says that each bit grew into another Tomie. It's very good. And the end of the episode is a close-up of one of Tomie's faces, and just, like, eyes vacantly staring out, and then look at the camera. Sensei? Yes. Honest to God, I think with as much discussion as I'm ready to have about this very short clip... Mm -hmm. Um, we could do this as a two-part episode because then we're going to have to go into... We're not even done. That was halfway, guys. Yeah. This is... That was 12 minutes. That is 12 minutes that we just described <laughs> to you, basically. <laughs> but no, there's so many interesting things to ponder and wonder about this. I mean, that girl. Is she a girl? Is she a demon? Is she a succubus that eats... Uh, or a dark muse? What is she? And, I mean... If she is a girl, is she a girl that is cursed to be obsessed like the artists who she drives to madness and obsession? 
with having her beauty captured, never to realize that she's a permanent fixture. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the only story with Tommy A. in. There is another much longer story that it doesn't take the artist angle. It focuses much more on the men want to control me, possess me, and then kill me. I mean, either way, it's it, it sounds like passion. So hmm. to me, if there's a second story with Tommy A in it and she's doing the same thing, but not necessarily the artistic bent, she appears to me like a dark mirror to the muse. Hmm. Like uh, the, the, it's a it's a black swan kind of thing. <laughs> so, uh, man, uh, that one was that was a good episode. It it was very good. I I think you chose that specifically because you wanted to start this month out banging. I think you know Travis's taste. Yep. As I know yours, it's almost like we've worked together for a while. <laughs> <laughs> that was. An exercise in very good storytelling, too, in that that was a full story. And again, 12 minutes. Yep. That's that's not much time. So, our next story is Blood Bubble Bushes, and we open on the opening of Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know what? <laughs> oh my god, that's what you came to, too? Like, I was like, holy shit, am I about to get Rocky Horror the anime? I will watch the fuck out of this! <laughs> that is immediately where my brain went. I was like, damn it, Janet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sadly, sadly, spoilers, no Tim Curry in this. <laughs> we don't know that. He could have been in the garden. He could have been in the garden, but I don't want Frankenfurter to be in the garden. <laughs> and he would have co- he would have popped out somewhere to chew the scene anyway. Yeah. That's what Tim Curry does. <laughs> So we have Ansai and Kana, who their car is broken down in the middle of nowhere, and, well, it's a horror movie, let's just start walking to go and get a phone. Because tropes! <laughs> and uh, they come across a shed where there's, like, a bunch of creepy kids. <laughs> yeah. Again, horror movie characters have to be the dumbest people. Mm-hmm. These children all look wildly disturbed. Nobody that's ever been in a horror movie has ever seen a horror movie. Yes. <laughs> that, that is the world that all horror movies exist in. Unless they directly reference it as a way to, like, excuse all the tropes they're using. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, valid. I will give you that. But yes. Otherwise, I mean, <laughs> heck, Walking Dead, they don't call them zombies because the whole trope is that z- zombies in media do not exist in the world of Walking Dead. The creator has literally said this. Mm-hmm. So he went large with it and like fully acknowledged these characters are dumb because I'm writing in a world where horror exists yeah. and horror <laughs> movies. They got to be dumb. They got to know nothing about any of this because media does not exist on this subject. So they try asking the kids and they're all really creepy, very creepy children and just giggle at them. So they're like, okay, cool. That's fine. And then they walk for a bit more, and then the kids attack them with, like, rose vines, right? I don't know, it, because it's snappy, like like it, it, a, a willow or a reed branch mm-hmm. would be, but it's thorny, too. So I don't know what plant that's supposed to be, but I don't think that matters, necessarily. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, yes, uh, Ansai gets whipped in the neck. 
Kana. Or, or I'm sorry, yeah, Kana. Yeah, Ansai is, is the the male protagonist yeah, in this. He's, she gets whipped in the neck, and then the kids like leap on her and start licking the blood. Right. Oh my god, how are they gonna get out of this one? Oh cool, a scene transition. That's how. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They don't explain how that that situation where they're being violently assaulted and exsanguinated resolves itself, but so that's dumb. fine. <laughs> now, now here, here is where um, I, I was referencing a joke earlier and, and dumb horror movies. Yeah, and they're like, "What's with those kids?" And Ansai literally goes, "I don't know. They just took a prank too far." Because you know when you were young and a kid and you drank someone's blood and went too far? Everybody's got that touchstone. I was a goth child, so yes, I do have that touchstone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we've all had that, that cultural touchstone experience when you and a pack of your mates chased down a couple and drank their blood. Mm-hmm. Fucking teenagers are the worst. <laughs> The stupidity keeps on coming as they head into an abandoned town where, like, I guess there was a truck carrying, like, tomato sauce and it crashed. That's the only logical explanation. I think they even ask, is that bloodstains? And then, like, they literally don't answer the question. Yeah. One way or the other. Like, dude puts a stick in, like, a literal pile of, a puddle of blood, uh, because Blood doesn't pile, it puddles. Uh, <laughs> Fun things I learned today. And stirs it around, and like it's thick and goopy off the end of it, and he's, he's like, eh, seems alright. Yeah, this is fine. Fuck totally no. fine. <laughs> totally normal. It's okay. These may be the dumbest of dumb... <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. every character has to be dumb for horror to exist, but uh, <laughs> these may be the dumbest characters I've ever encountered. <laughs> Like, we've already had a traumatic experience. This looks hokey. Let's roll with it. Let's see how... I don't know. This this town has charm. You know, it's got the charm. <laughs> we're, just gonna, we're just gonna poke around. So they poke around a bit, and the first door they knock on is the house of the only inhabitant who doesn't get a name. And he is a very pale person with blood-red eyes. Yep. Yep. Um, and... Even the way that he's voice acted, he doesn't come across as a person with a personality of any sort. He's very <laughs> polite, but that's literally Japan. Uh, so, like, they are the they they seem a lot like the the Canada uh, of Asia <laughs> in that they are very polite peoples, <laughs> very respectful. So, uh, but. As far as, like, intonation, this dude's pretty monotone deadpan. Not in a slow way, but just... Which, by the way, that's gotta be a hard voice to pull off. Yeah. Where you're speaking in a comfortable tone, but monotone, because I want to, like... I want to make it creepy, but this was creepy, but not in that overly off-putting way. So that would be a hell of a voice challenge, I think. So he, he takes him inside, he doesn't have a phone... But, hey, you can stay here the night because it's getting dark. I will feed you. At this point, by the way, I was like, this is the shittiest Frankenfurter. <laughs> like, I, I like my original much better. 
I keep having this disconnect because I think in the manga, it's way more obvious. Like they actually state that he is a vampire because, like, he's drinking very red wine as they're eating, and he drugs their food. And in the manga, I think later on he wakes up and catches him drinking Kana's blood. Okay. I don't think that happens in this. It does not. Uh, we we get him doing a small soliloquy uh, yeah. while staring into a very red um, glass of, quote, fingers, wine. Talking about the only woman he ever loved. Oh, yeah, yeah. And by the way, he tells this story that's disturbing as fuck, and they're not like, maybe we yeah. should leave. They're like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. That's hard, bro. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if the implication is that he didn't mention the fact that, like, flesh trees grew out of a woman because she thought her blood hated her, or whether he just said it and they're dumb as fuck. <laughs> I don't know. They're really rallying again for the dumbest characters. In a horror story mm-hmm. that I've ever met. Because if he was actually like, and then a flesh tree grew from her neck. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, at that point, there should have been a whole, wait, what? <laughs> Excuse me, I have questions at this point. Can we stop? I need you to stop. Just do a quick Q&A for me. He either must have told them, or the reveal later on is even more stupid than I thought it was. Because after getting drugged... No, I, th- I, I 100% think he told them. I, yeah. I, I can only imagine that they were very high at that point. <laughs> is the only way I can justify that. He did drug their food, so maybe he's just... No, I just think they're fucking stupid. For the sake of Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be so negative, because the imagery is really fucking cool. But oh, just it's, it's 100% disturbing as a story guys. because the the visual imagery, but the characters, oh, the characters, they fall well short of any human being you've ever met. The fact that these people managed to get lost, which means they had a car at one point and managed to drive and they did it while they were clothed and they got up in the morning and they got clothed. All of this is amazing because they are that dumb. They should be drooling and staring at, like, a cave painting, bashing each other with a rock and screaming, maybe throwing some <laughs> shit at each other. These are these characters. They're not having conversations. <laughs> uh, so Arnside goes wandering around the house and finds the garden. So, actually, to describe what these things look like, they're basically flesh-colored branches with these bright red fruits on the end. That are full of blood. There is just like this huge. It's in a room, I think. Yes, it, it's a room, which is weird because that's not where trees would. Because he even says he built a field here, but it's yeah. clearly there's walls. So, like, I don't understand that one. I don't know why, but that makes it seem even creepier to me. Yeah, like he moved a bunch of dirt inside a house to build like a people farm. Yeah. So there's. This desiccated corpse that basically tells him the plot. (laughs) Which, again, maybe you need to go back and review a little bit. If you have to have a weird desiccated tree person literally expound the entirety of the plot, I think we've we've failed a little bit. They flash back later 
but he tells them how you can like get rid of the branch and like what happens if you eat the fruit but he doesn't mention it at all like to Kana who is now growing this thing because of the cut she had earlier he doesn't mention it at all but they have a flashback to oh by the way this is what happens when you eat the fruit yes which when you eat the fruit you essentially become an actual vampire where you you know drink blood and live forever yep to do that you've got to eat your own blood fruit from your neck tree yep God. Again, I said that questioningly because a lot of questions here, a lot of concerns, a lot of character flaws. If you can't tell, this this episode started real strong. Yeah. Uh, doesn't doesn't finish out that marathon uh, <laughs> as, as as hardcore. What's really weird is like all of the dressing for this episode is so fucking good, so fucking creepy, but it's just because these two are idiots. It drags the entire thing into um, less of a story and more of just, here's this weird shit that I thought of. Visually, the horror is there. Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, the idea of me having some weird thing grow out of me and I'm picking the fruit from it and drinking down my own blood, that's 100% creepy. These characters are such idiots that I focus on them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the visuals are amazing. Like, if this was all in mute and I just watched a weird story take place, like, if this was all silent, it would fuck me up. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, what, what the fuck is going This is awful and gross. My favorite thing about the episode, and not in a snarky way, is the end. Because uh, they've run out of the house. They're, like, taking a moment to have a break. And Kana's, like, looking at the fruit. Mm -hmm. And Anasai flashes back to what happens. And she's, like, eating it. And it focuses on Anasai. And there's just, like, this, like, gross sucking noise. Okay, can we stop there for a second? Because I have a problem with eating mouth sounds to begin with. (laughs) This one did not inspire rage so much as disgust in me, though. It It was very bad. Yeah, so it cuts to Kana eating... And then the episode just ends. It's fucking genius. <laughs> took a long way to get us here, but... Well, it took, it took about ten minutes. <laughs> it ends well, but, like, oh, man, that journey was rough because I hate both of the main characters. <laughs> like, good, be a vampire, kill each other. Please, good God. Uh, you're literally doing the world a favor because you're apparently the dumbest people and you're a couple <laughs> and you might breed. <laughs> Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get the ending credits, which is just the credits set to music. Yeah, it's it's nothing special. I really loved the artistic flair of the intro, the outro, much less impressive, like the second half of the stories. (laughs) We do have, again, three of the characters, um, Tommy A, again, featured, and I love that the shift they do right at the end to show Tommy A from the painting. Mm-hmm. First episode, because I want to go back because it was so good and I forgot to mention the point, <laughs> but to bring it back on the thing that I was high on versus those dumb, dumb characters, um, they literally only mention the painter's name once at the beginning. He's never mentioned again after he meets, it by name, after he meets Tommy A., Mm-hmm. Which is, I 
think maybe an artistic choice in that like his obsession has stripped him of his humanity or his his personality yeah he's now just defined as a guy who paints right it, he that dark muse stripping stripping away with its uh, your passion it burns out everything in you but yeah uh, i don't think we had mentioned that before i wanted to mention it again because it's another cool detail <laughs> this last one got us talking back on painter so yeah and next episode is greased which again reading it made me violently ill so you know check that out if you want okay yeah i i actually do want and (laughs) i mean i don't know if anybody is following me on twitter but like i'm actually sitting down and watching animes outside of (laughs) doing this show right now i know we, we we took a bit of a hiatus there for a second and I don't know if it was just like missing recording with my buddy uh, <laughs> that caused me to watch anime or, or whatever, but I'm most of the way through MHA right now, and it's very good. <laughs> so so to close out this whole thing, I'm going to solo talk about something about this show, because Travis hasn't read any of it. I haven't. The stories are Junji Ito stuff, so sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not that very good, but... I feel like in a lot of ways, I don't think the adaptation fails, but I feel like all the stuff that's added with animation and music cues kind of take away from a lot of the presentation of the way he does the manga. You know, he utilizes um, page turns, the kind of jump scare you get when you flip a page and then wham, there is the image that he wants you to focus on. They do that a bit with the animation, but to me, like, it's just, like, not as effective or creepy. And I think that also harkens to a point we made earlier about the unknown. It's way creepier to, like, look at a still image and imagine, like, how that's moving and what the sound is than it is to, like, have the anime be, this is the music we set it to. These are the cuts we're going to make. Now, uh, to that end, again, I've not read any of the manga, but Joe did share with me some <laughs> some images. There's a shark with spider legs, and it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> it, it is, um, and it's in black and white, which I know a lot of manga is in black and white, uh, but it really makes me want to pick this up, only because it reminds me of reading very old school uh, Tales from the Crypt comics, <laughs> and for me that that was like one of the starts for me being fascinated with horror and that devilish twist at the end, which I associate with horror a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And oh man, it's so good. <laughs> I, I like it very much, even when the characters are like literally like thr- shit throwing dumb. Uh, <laughs> And that took away from it a little bit, but that's okay. Not everything's going to knock it out of the park. You're just going to throw a lot of pasta against the wall. We're going to see what sticks. Uh, there was one champion in this round. It's clearly <laughs> Painter, and that's fine. That's all I, I, I really got to say about this. Cool. I said my one snobby thing about, oh, read the manga. <laughs> I don't even think it's snobby. Like, I am going... I really want to take that advice because just seeing that one image, if you were a fan of horror, this guy does it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Is uh, I mean, from Painter, I mean, and the art was actually really cool too. So, 
So yeah, that that's it for me, I think. So is it, is it that time? Yeah, that that was a Junji Ito. That we did we did exactly one two two whole Junji Itos. Two exactly two units of Junji Ito have been done this evening. I'm going to use that <laughs> picture the shark for the Twitter picture or the cat with like a million eyes and spider legs crawling out of it that's disturbing as fuck (laughs) oh god yes travis if you'd like to take it away sure i think i can do that next time on wtf anime so next time it's an earth spoop episode yay this is my favorite time of year yeah and kind of going on from this we are actually going to be doing horror anime (laughs) Oh man, are we just gonna just double down and then like almost like an April Fool's last episode is just gonna be like the dumbest horror thing? I wasn't going to. I was actually gonna show you like genuine horror stuff, but now that you've said that, well, guess we're doing something shitty at the end. Oh, I've watched Future Diaries. I, I'm just <laughs> <a> shitty. <laughs> but next episode, we are going to be talking about Shiki episode one. Ooh, nice. So, uh, with the next episode out of the way, I guess it is time for uh, us to do some business, huh? Yes. So, as I've been practiced and done for many a year, you can follow the show on Twitter at WTF Anime Show, and you can send us an email with WTF Anime Show at gmail.com. I can always and forever be found on Twitter at the Joe Hatfield. Travis? All right. Uh, if you want to hit me up on the Twitters, I'm at Dicelobber, D-I-C-E-L-O-B-B-E-R. And um, if you're trying to tweet at the show, you want me in on that conversation, you're going to need to tag me too. I don't run the WTF anime handle. And if you like what we do here, we've got other projects. Both of them currently at The Lost Library. That's at Lost Library Cast on Twitter and find it wherever all good podcasts are sold. Travis and I are both characters in the Grayscale campaign, and recently enough, at the time of launch, I'm doing a campaign. Yeah, how about that? I'm GMing a campaign. Travis is in that as well. Uh, we're playing Masks, and it's everything I could have ever asked for. It's gay as shit, and we don't really do combat. That's just how I run games. <laughs> I don't think there's been like conflict one that wasn't inter-party sassiness. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's 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 a fair statement uh, since I've come on board. Uh, but yeah, uh, come come check us out uh, playing supers on Fifth Watch. It's very good. It's very fun to participate in. And uh, as Joe said, it's it's the gayest superhero thing that you're... Well, no, there's JoJo's. JoJo's pretty gay. <laughs> Hashtag my gay sons, <laughs> which is also applicable to JoJo's if you really wanted to. Yeah, but, but also has, hashtag fifth watch. <laughs> also, also that. <laughs> and with that said, that's all our business, I think. Are we out of here? Yes. Uh, spooky goodbye. Ooh. Bye! <laughs> <laughs>